The steadfast of the love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Be seated. Our country has been celebrating the National Day of Thanksgiving since the year 1863. In October of 1863, President Lincoln received a letter from a woman who asked him to consider making a day of Thanksgiving an annual event, and so President Lincoln sent out a proclamation that month where he asked the American people to consider their good fortune. He spoke about how they had been blessed with bountiful harvests, with healthful skies, the, productive, the mines had been productive. The president also mentioned that there were troubles too. The country had been in a civil war for about a year and a half by that point, but President Lincoln said things could be worse. Thus, he set aside the last Thursday of November as the National Day of Thanksgiving. For our observance of Thanksgiving Day, we could do something similar to what President Lincoln did in his Thanksgiving proclamation. We could consider how things are with us. God has given us a bountiful harvest. This is true nationally as well as locally. President Lincoln spoke of healthful skies. We too have had good weather. The mines are still being mined. Our grocery stores are all fully stocked. And we've had our problems like President Lincoln had his problems, but things could be worse. It is good for us to try to see what is good in life and to give thanks to God for that goodness. The inability to see what is good, our coldness toward God, are not the way that it's supposed to be. These things come from our fall into sin. Before the fall into sin, Adam and Eve had a free and easy relationship with God. After they fell into sin, they were afraid of God. They were suspicious about what he might do to them. And we are like them. We've lost the ability to see what is good. Unfortunately, we very often don't see what is good until it is gone. We don't see how good health is until we are sick. And since we don't see how good it is, we don't give thanks to God for it. We haven't had a famine in our areas of the world for well over a hundred years, and this has made people believe that famines are a thing of the past. There will be never again any food shortages, never again hunger. Therefore, we do not see how extraordinary the abundance that we have is, and we don't give thanks to God for it. And these are just the most intimate of our needs, our health, our food and drink, 
And there are so many other things that God heaps up on us day in and day out. He makes the sun shine. He makes the rain fall. He gives us the precious gifts of the members of our family. He gives us our community. He gives us the opportunity to serve with good and honest work. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. But maybe as I mentioned, just uh, those few blessings that God gives, you have wanted to raise some objections. The weather's kind of cold, colder today than it was yesterday. And the word is that it's only going to get colder. And the precious gifts of the members of your family, Sometimes those members of your family are hard to live with. And the community, it's different than it was years ago. And good and honest work, maybe you don't like your work. Maybe you don't like your co-workers. But let me remind you of what I just spoke about. It is natural for us, fallen sinners, to be blind to what is good. It is always easier for us to be dissatisfied with what we have and to want something better. Thus, we do not give thanks. And not only is this what comes naturally to us, but God's enemies, the devil and his demons, want to spur on these thoughts and attitudes as well. These enemies of God don't want us to be thankful. The devil would like it best if none of us would ever receive our daily bread in the first place, that we would all be miserable in poverty. But barring that, since God is the way that he is and he gives his daily bread to everyone, the devil would then like it if we would not receive our daily bread with contentment and that we should not give thanks to God. Instead of being content, he wants us always to be on the lookout for something better. Maybe that's something that somebody else is enjoying. If only I had what they have, then I'd be happy. And this is called coveting. The ninth and tenth commandments say you shall not covet. God gives us these commandments for our good, and we truly would be better off if we never coveted. But coveting comes naturally to us. Coveting is also a very powerful spiritual problem. And so the devil wants us to covet. And the first step to coveting is to be dissatisfied with what God has given to you. And this dissatisfaction can be about all kinds of different things. Your spouse isn't good enough, your parents aren't good enough, your job isn't good enough, your friends aren't good enough, your personality isn't good enough, your body isn't good enough. And there are two things I'd like to point out about this poisonous spiritual fog that the devil is always wafting our way. 
First of all, it is useful to understand that these things, these statements, could be true. At least, theoretically. Could you have a better body? Yep. And we all know how it is that we could achieve that, too. Could your job be better? Theoretically. I mean, if we're dealing in the realm of possibilities and ideals, uh, then I suppose anything is possible. In fact, this is just the reverse of something that I've already said a few times this morning. Things could always be worse. Well, conversely, things could always be better. Both statements are truisms. Things could always be worse, and things could always, at least theoretically, be better. So that's the first thing. There's truth, theoretically, at least, mixed in with the dissatisfaction and the covetousness. The second thing I'd like to point out to you is that this evil spiritual fog makes people miserable. Thinking about how you don't measure up, how your life doesn't measure up in all its various aspects is practically guaranteed to make anybody who does that sad. It's going to do it every time. And this, of course, is exactly what the devil would like for all of us. He likes making people sad. And he wants us to be sad. And he'd like nothing better for us to be sad and miserable eternally. So the devil will waft this nasty, poisonous fog toward us to destroy whatever contentment we might have and whatever thanks we might otherwise give to God. The devil would like nothing better for all of us than that we should all just hate everything about our life and then be angry at God for making our lives so miserable. But truly it is not God who has made our lives miserable. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Great is his faithfulness. It is not God who has makes us so miserable. It's the devil. The way he does it is not even so much by depriving us of what we need for this body and life. Instead, he bewitches us so that we're dissatisfied, covetous, and thankless. And shame on the devil for bewitching us the way that he does. What dreadful misery he manages to inflict upon us. But the good news is that you can fight back. And not only can you fight back and, you know, who knows if it's really going to work or not. No, you can fight back and the real truth is on your side. That's in fact how it always is with the devil. The truth is actually against him. He's been defeated. It's only by lies that he manages to hold on to whatever power it is that he has. So when the devil cooks up a lie that you should be miserable and ashamed at how bad things are for you and with your life, know that he is wrong. The devil might try to use that truth, you know, things could theoretically be better, 
But the real truth is that things are already good now. We don't need any potentialities or idealisms. Things are already good. To say that, however, requires faith. We must believe that amid all the things that can happen in this life and all the things that do happen in this life, that Jesus is Lord and God. He reigns and rules at the right hand of God the Father. He's redeemed you, poor, covetous sinners. He sends his Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, the spirit of gladness, to fight against those evil, lying, sad spirits. Things are already good now. And the truth is that the future is as bright and as cheerful as we could ever hope for, so long as we remain faithful to Jesus. What we know about the future is that there is nothing that is currently wrong that Jesus will not set right. There is nothing dissatisfactory about us or in us that will not be healed and perfected. Perhaps God will do this to some extent for his children already in this life. But even if he doesn't in this life, don't be afraid. He will surely do it when we are resurrected. Now, somebody might object, well, what about all those things I still don't like about my life? I want those changed now. My spouse, my job, my health, my wealth, my body. These haven't suddenly changed in these last few minutes that I've been speaking with you, have they? I want my best life now. And this brings to mind the kinds of things that the devil said to Jesus when he was tempted in the wilderness. He said, if you're the Son of God, then change these stones into bread. Why be hungry? Fix it. Or he said, bow down and worship me and all these kingdoms will be yours. Why go through that cross and trouble? The devil, it seems, is a fan of the quick fix. Don't put up with anything. Get it changed right now. But supposing even that the goods could always be delivered, supposing that all the wants that you might ever have could be satisfied, what would that ultimately profit you? Jesus asked a question along these lines once. He said, what would it profit a man if he were to gain the whole world but to lose his soul? The reason why gaining even the whole world would not ultimately profit us is because we have been made in the image of God. We have been made for fellowship with God. And not even all the world's goods and all the world's accomplishments can satisfy what can only be satisfied through a relationship with God. So do not throw away the goodness of God that is renewed for you every morning by being dissatisfied, by chasing after some ideal in your head. Be thankful. Open your eyes. 
to the goodness. What is now, what is present, is good. And even if there is something that isn't good, it is without doubt passing away. That's what's so marvelous about what Jesus has accomplished for us. Anything that is evil, anything that's unfit, anything that's unworthy, anything that's sad, what have you, will not go on forever. It can't go on forever. After the cross comes the resurrection. And so we give thanks.